Good morning and welcome to Daily Devotions. My name is Israel and it's a privilege to encourage you on this Monday morning. We are busy with a devotion series called Have You Received the Holy Spirit? And the title of this series is taken from the book of Acts chapter 19 where the Apostle Paul encounters a group of believers and he asks them if they had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they say, we didn't even know there was a baptism of the Spirit. And so Paul asked them, well, what baptism did you receive? And they say, well, we received the baptism from the Apostle, uh, from John the Baptist. And Paul said that John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, but that they should be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so he laid his hands on them, prayed for them, and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues. And as we are unpacking this concept of what it means to receive the Holy Spirit, last week unpacking it up, leading up to yesterday, Ascension Sunday, where we commemorate Jesus ascending into heaven and giving us the Great Commission, but also giving us the instruction to stay and wait in Jerusalem until they have been clothed upon high. Very often in situations like this, God gives us our vision. He gives us our mission. Like he did that day, he gave the church its vision and its mission. But it took wisdom to understand that the timing to pursue the mission and the vision, the, the vision and the mission of the church wasn't right. That they needed to wait until they had been empowered to do it by God. How often do we try to build things in our own human experience without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit? We do it all the time. We try to build families outside of God's vision for what family needs to look like. We build marriages outside of the vision of what God desires a marriage to be, outside of the perspective that marriage is a gift from God, and if it's a gift from God, God will sustain it if we would look towards Him. All good things that permeates from God to humanity is sustained by His grace. And likewise, in this chapter, He gives the disciples the vision and the mission of the church and tells them to wait until they've been clothed the power from upon high. The chapter we are at today is going to deal with the concept of tongues, specifically the divided tongues. And our reading is from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 to 2. And if you have your Bible with you this morning, please turn there and read it with me. The book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verses 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rushing of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as a fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. Verse 4, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. So there's a few things I want to point out in this passage, and then we will unpack the concept of tongues. It says that when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. The greatest, greatest thing the church should be pursuing in this age is the unity of the believers. Did you know that there are roughly 53 to 57,000 Christian denominations on earth nowadays? 
And that should be a shocking statistic because it is a shocking statistic, but it's even more saddening when you understand that in the high priest prayer, Jesus' last prayer before being crucified, in the Garden of Gethsemane, you can read it in John chapter 17, Jesus prays this prayer. He says, Father, help them to be one so that the world may believe. There is something in the unity of believers that is directly tied to the ability to witness. There is something tied to the success of the church to successfully witness in the world. Our ability to pursue the Great Commission, like we commemorated yesterday, to pursue the Great Commission is directly tied to our ability to walk in unity. And so the disciples, firstly, were gathered in a spirit of unity in the upper room in Jerusalem. Verse 2, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rushing of a violent wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Sometimes in the midst of us going through the routine of religion, the routine of being faithful in prayer, the routine of just reading scripture day by day, God performs these suddenlies, these out of the blue, suddenly there is goodness happening in the world. Suddenlies happen. Back in California, my friends sometimes would call these things Jehovah Sneakies. Uh, like sometimes we, we call the name Jehovah Jireh or Jehovah Rapha. And sometimes when God would do these suddenlies unexpectedly, my friends in California used to call this Jehovah Sneakies, but in faithfully going through the routine of our faith, faithfully praying, faithfully reading scripture, we find that God performs suddenlies. Verse 3, divided tongues as a fire appeared among them and a tongue rested on each of them. I've often wondered why it said divided tongues. And divided tongues shows, I think, two things to us. It shows that the tongues might have been divided because it was bringing unity to the body. I'll unpack that in a second. But it also was showing cloven hooves in the Old Testament, showing to them that the hoof is split and that it is, say, for consumption, that God has made holy what has previously been unholy. He's taken humanity and he's placing his Holy Spirit in them, making humanity itself become holy, carrying the Holy Spirit, like Jesus turned water into wine, that he was busy performing a changing miracle at the heart of humanity. But the other important thing to understand here is that theologians sometimes calls the day of Pentecost the undoing of Babel. You see, at the Tower of Babel, humanity attempted to build a tower to elevate themselves into heavenly places because humanity in the garden lost its access to heavenly places. And so the original temptation in the Garden of Eden was, if you eat of the fruit, you will be like God. The problem is Adam and Eve was already like God, with God. They were his image and his likeness ruling with them. But the temptation was to be like God, but without God. That's the first sin of Eden. Secondly, we come to the Tower of Babel. Here it is, let's elevate ourselves into the heavens to be like God, but we're not going to allow God to take us up in it. So in human unity, outside of the will of God, humanity attempted to elevate itself once again. And so what does God do? God comes down, he destroys the tower, 
and he causes confusion among humanity and splits humanity into 70 people groups, splitting us up into, into different languages so that we would not pursue that unity in, um, in humanism, but that one day God by his spirit would reunite humanity. And so along comes the day of Pentecost, believers following God in unity suddenly receive the gift of tongues and it rests like fire above their heads and they start speaking in a language that everyone present understood. And here's the part that sometimes missed here, is that whatever it sounded like coming out of the mouths of the 120 in the upper room, the Arab heard it as Arab, the Greek heard it as Greek, the Hebrew heard it as Hebrew, and what other people group, we know there were people from very different various types of people groups in Jerusalem, everyone heard them pray as if they were praying in their own language. What was happening here? God was pointing towards a time that he is busy restoring humanity by the power of his spirit, but never again will humanity be able to pursue being like God without God because he is unifying humanity and God eternally present. He's made us his temple. And so the spirit comes and through tongues starts unifying the body. Verse 4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. And that's my encouragement to you today. Pray for the unity of believers. We can only become one by the power of the Spirit. Pentecost is the great undoing of Babel where humanity was divided at Babel because of our attempt to elevate ourselves in humanism. God is now elevating humanity, seating us in heavenly places by the power of his spirit, binding our hearts together so that we would never try to do this human thing outside of his presence and outside of his divine enablement. Can we pray? Father, thank you for the incredible gift of your spirit. Thank you that in the midst of so much disunity that your spirit is binding our hearts together and causing unity to come back to humanity. Father, where we have sometimes caused further division in your body, will you con convict us and will you commission us and empower us to pursue a greater unity in the body? And Father, will you show us where our disagreements are perhaps peripheral and secondary and help us focus on the main things, which is pursuing the great commission you gave your church. And Father, wherever we are today, going through whatever it is that we're facing, will you, by your power, come and empower us to live a life that can pray your perfect will? Because the gift of tongues prays the perfect will of the Father through us. And Father, if anyone is perhaps seeking an importation of your presence, will you come and meet them where they are and touch them right now? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in this morning. We're going to see you again tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Have a blessed Monday.